Today, on the Entrepreneurship at DU podcast. When I came home and realized that there's there's an issue of getting good quality Belgian beer, and I felt like everyone should be able to have the same experience I had. This DU alum is crafting more than Belgian beers at his brewery. With a focus on education and trips abroad, he's crafting relationships and customer loyalty as well. I think just lighting that fire in others, that's part of the entrepreneurship in general, right? You've got this problem that you're trying to solve, and, and you know that if you solve it, it's, it's not only going to make you happy, but it's going to have a positive impact on someone else's life. Today, we're chatting with Ryan Evans, the co-founder and CEO of Brews Beers. I'm Kevin Douglas, and this is the Entrepreneurship at DU podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Entrepreneurship at DU podcast. Today, we have Ryan Evans, an alumni from DU's executive MBA program. Ryan is the co-founder and CEO of Brews Beers, a Belgian craft brewery with two locations here in Denver. And you co-founded the company with Charlie Gottenkenny back in 2015. Is that right? That's right. That's right. So in your own words, or maybe summed up in one sentence, uh, could you describe what Brews Beers is all about? Yeah, so Brews Beers is an all-Belgian-style brewery. We've got two locations in town, uh, one at 67th and Pecos and one off of Colfax and York. And we're just a, a, a high-quality brewery that, that has tasting rooms and, and then does some uh, wholesale distribution throughout the, the Denver area. One thing we focus on at Entrepreneurship at DU is uh, problem-solving. What problem would you say Brews Beers is solving in the Denver market? You know, we, we focus on Belgian style. So, uh, you know, Bruce Beer started because I came home from Belgium, having fallen in love with Belgian beer, and I couldn't find any here in America, um, any that was worth it, right? They were shipping it over, and it was few and far between, and it was really expensive. So, yeah, we, we definitely uh, fill that void of, of high-quality Belgian-style beer. Uh, as you know, there's a lot of breweries in Denver, so our niche kind of suits us well. Uh, we're really good at it. We're hyper-focused on it, and, uh, and we really enjoy it. So, yeah, I think it solves the problem of, of getting high-quality Belgian beer in the area. Yeah, I want to talk more about the craft beer industry here in Colorado. I've actually got some statistics here. And according to Colorado.com, the state has the fourth most breweries per capita in the U.S. That's more than 400 registered breweries in the state, with 150 of those in the city of Denver. Uh, now, I've, I've been to a few of these, but I'm, I'm definitely no expert on what makes a good or bad beer. Could you describe what it is that sets Belgian beer apart from what you might typically find at other Denver breweries? Yeah, sure. I think most people know that IPAs are kind of king in America, right? And uh, I would I would venture to say that Belgian style beers are almost exactly opposite of an IPA. So uh, we're a very low hop usage. Uh, we focus a lot on our yeast strains, which provide flavor. Um, and you know, it, it's it's just a different quality of beer than just a, a standard IPA. Uh, higher alcohol usually. 
Um, but we have some entry-level beers that are 3 and 4%. So we cover the gamut, but really Belgian focuses on the, the, the style and the, uh, the, the yeast strain really shines for us. So, uh, you know, if you're an IPA guy, we, we have IPAs, and, uh, and they're popular. Um, but we, we run the gamut on a lot of other different Belgian styles that I would urge you to try because um, it, it's, it's something different than anyone else in town is offering. So you you told me you got into this business because of your personal love of Belgian beers. Right. How did that passion come about, and, and what sparked your love for these beers enough so that uh, you built your entire career around it? Yeah, I mean, the, the first Belgian beer I ever had was in Belgium. I was on my way to Amsterdam like any good college student at the time, and I had a train uh, change in Brussels, and I had about two hours to kill, so I went to a, a pub and asked for a beer and the guy brings me a book of literally a book of hundreds of Belgian style beers and I knew none of them I, I didn't know the styles I didn't know anything so he came back for my order and uh, I said look what do you drink and he goes triple and I said okay and he goes triple Carmelite and I said fine what, whatever that is and he brought this beer back and I could still remember the taste of the first sip I had of that beer and it changed me uh, a Belgian style triple is still my favorite style personally and we brew a lot of them at brews throughout the year we always have a triple on tap um but yeah i think that experience really led me to to uh, on this journey and i didn't know it at the time obviously but when i came home and kind of realized that there's there's an issue of getting good quality belgian beer and i felt like everyone should be able to have the same experience i had and uh and set about recreating that but here in denver one thing that really stood out to me while I was looking into Bruce beers is how you recreate that international experience you had for, for your customers, for your patrons. I love that you actually conduct guided tours and trips to Belgium, and I'd love to hear a little more about that and how it plays into your business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, education's big, and, and having that same experience is big. And so we start with a, a class here in, in town called World of Belgian Beers, and now we have a World of Sour Beers. And so you can go on our website and, and see when the next classes are and, and show up to the brewery. And over two hours, we'll taste you through around a dozen different uh, beers from Belgium and our styles and uh, and walk you through. And then, yeah, the, the next step is certainly going to Belgium with us. So once a year, we offer a trip to Belgium. Uh, we guide you for nine or 10 days and you eat and drink your way across Belgium with us. Uh, we've got a lot of friends over there now. It's become a, a very passionate project of ours and it sells out every year. You know, this this year's uh, trip went on sale a couple weeks ago, and it sold out in eight days, and that's uh, that's thirty people. So it's it's definitely popular, but it's it's quite the experience. It's you know it's not your normal European vacation, right, where you you get a ticket and stand in line at the museum. This is opposite of that. Uh, we don't stand in line at museums. We go to breweries. They'll cook us a lunch, and we'll we'll drink beer all afternoon, and then we'll sit around the fireplace with the owners and tell stories late into the evening, and and that type of stuff. So. It's it's really just a an experience based trip and it's a lot of fun. I mean, if if you haven't been over there, that's that's the way to see Belgium is on a beer trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I love the emphasis on education. I think it's really unique from other breweries that I've gone to here in Denver. So, are you leading these tours and classes yourself? Well, yeah, my uh, Charlie leads the classes for us. Uh, he's very good and passionate about it. He's got a radio voice, much better than mine, so <laughs> people tend to connect with him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he does a great job at that, and then I personally lead each uh, European-Belgium uh, trip. 
there must be so much joy in reliving that authentic Belgian experience you had and, and seeing that same spark come about in other people that go on the tours with you. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, just seeing people light up and, you know, people come back as with friends for life on these trips. Uh, but to see them, you know, one, two, three years later in the tasting room, and they're still as passionate about the beer that they discovered in Belgium. Um, it's funny because every year we take people that aren't even beer drinkers. You know, it might be someone's spouse, and they're like, oh, I'm going along because my husband likes it or, or vice versa. And, and those are the ones that almost always come back with even more passion than their spouse, right? So, oh, I'm a wine drinker, but I'm going along for the ride, and they find their beer in Belgium. And then I'll run into them two years later, or they'll send me a text, of a picture of a beer they're buying at the liquor store, a Belgian beer, and they're so proud still. And, and this is years later. So, yeah, it certainly is is kind of the reward to see that passion ignite in others. Yeah, and you create these unique connections with the customers. You, you think about customer loyalty, and you're generating these, these personal bonds by leading the tours yourself and not hiring someone outside the company. Sure. I'm curious what challenges come with that, especially having two locations that you're managing here in Denver. And can you remind me where those are again? Yeah, so 67th and Pecos is kind of like Northwest Denver. And then uh, Colfax and York is is Cap Hill. Um, you know, obviously two tasting rooms is, is a lot harder than one. But for us, that was always the vision, um, you know, you can start a brewery one of two ways. You could focus on wholesale and distribution and getting your product into every liquor store and restaurant in town and then in your region and maybe nationwide. Or you can do what we've done and, and focus really on the um, on the personal side. Uh, so tasting rooms are, are number one for us. We dabble in the wholesale. Uh, we enjoy it, but it's certainly not our push. Uh, we're looking for a third tasting room location now here in Colorado. Uh, we like the conversation over the bar. We like that connection with the customer. And uh, to us, that's that kind of fulfills us more than shipping a pallet of cans, you know, across state lines. It's right. it's just not uh, what we're built to do and what we're passionate about. It definitely feels very homegrown, which I think is great. So, in the nine years that Brews Beers has been around, what challenges have you overcome along the way with having to manage both education and brick and mortar breweries? Do you ever feel like you're you're being pulled in too many different directions? Yeah, you always are, right? I think entrepreneurship, the, the baseline of it is passion, right? If if you don't have passion, don't get into it because it's gonna it's gonna consume you, especially those first few years. So you know, I, I urge you to make sure it's something you really love and enjoy doing. I I don't look at it as so much work as as more of a passion. So you know, as long as you have that fire in your gut and and you see a clear vision of where you want to go, you're off to a good start, right? But then you're gonna get pulled in every direction as you as you go through this journey especially before you open it, right? Uh, it's always going to take longer than you expected. It's always going to take more money than, than you either expected or have. <laughs> um, it's just part of that road. And so having that fire to get you over the next hurdle and get you over the next hurdle, you know, it took us over three years from founding to open. And uh, it, there was hurdles that a lot of people thought were insurmountable, you know, and they, they, they would urge you to, to move on. But, uh, but we didn't, and I'm glad we didn't because we're, we're we appreciate what we've built. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a part of us now. We've built a culture of people that also have these same feelings and are as fire on fire as we are. And, uh, so, 
you know, then you hit a you hit a major bump in the road called COVID, right? Where the government comes in and completely shuts you down. Uh, we were we were open for just a matter of weeks on the second location before the government came in and says, yeah, you have to close down. And and you look at them and go, no, we can't close down. You know, we have to make make rent. And they're like, no, you're closing. So uh, figuring all that out would be very hard if you weren't passionate about what you do. So, uh, and then surrounding yourselves with people that are as passionate, but also stronger than you are in other areas. You know, you, you can only carry all the weight for so long and, and you can't do it all well if, if you're doing that. So you've got to eventually find good people that can be part of your, your, your business family. Right. And, uh, and kind of expand and grow from there and trust them to do their job so that you can continue to do, uh, what you do best. It seems like a lot of what you do is cultivating relationships, both with your customers and with your team. And at the same time, Brews Beers as a company has grown a lot since its founding in 2013. So I'm curious, have you seen people go from total non-beer drinkers to actually working for you, maybe doing marketing or working in one of your tap rooms? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, our, our, our followers are loyal, right? And they're passionate and they come back from these trips and yeah, for sure. They're, they're singing the gospel, right? They're, they're going around town and then they'll bring a group of 10, 15 friends in and kind of show off their knowledge from the trip. And, uh, you know, and those lead to people joining more trips. And, uh, you know, we've got several people that have gone on several trips with us. We change it up every year so that, uh, you can continue to travel with us. But yeah, I think just lighting that fire in others, that's part of the entrepreneurship in general, right? You've got this concept, you've got this problem that you're trying to solve. And, and you know that if you solve it, it's, it's not only going to make you happy, but it's going to have a positive impact on someone else's life. And then they can continue to take that down the road. Um, so I think it's just kind of that whole process of entrepreneurship that fulfills you and, and makes you happy. But uh, when you see it in others, I think that's the payday, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's not just a transactional relationship. It becomes something uh, so much more than that. So how did you find your type fit here in Denver? Obviously, there's interest in craft beers, but you said yourself Belgian beers are quite different. And uh, was there already awareness here in Denver about the lack of Belgian beers? Yeah, I'd say that was the hardest part of our business plan. Um, you know, a, you couldn't get good Belgian beers in, in America at the time. They were very rare, and if they were here, they were extremely expensive. They've probably been on the shelf way too long because nobody knows about them. Uh, the other negative that we were always up against is bad American-made Belgian beers. So, you know, a brewery that that tries to brew everything for everyone, a stout, Irish stout, and, a, you know, a, a English and a, and a lager, and then all of a sudden they, they brew a Belgian beer, which takes a lot longer, a little more care, and so that Belgian beer probably didn't come out as good as it could have. And so people were, were thinking, oh, this is the norm. These Belgian beers are not very good. And so they, we fought that hard. That's where the education came from. That's where the world of Belgian beers came from. Uh, we knew that if we could get people in the door, they would convert to being a Belgian beer fan and they would uh, be a customer um, and, and come back. So we were up against that for the first two to three years, getting on the map and getting people to to drive across town to see us, right? Uh, if you think about it, if you drive from 
you know, South Denver to our north spot, you you passed 40 or 50 other breweries. So how are you going to get that person to drive past 40 or 50 other breweries to, to come visit you? Uh, the fact that we're really the only ones that are hyper-focused on Belgian style and we do it really well, uh, filled a, a niche that, that people are willing to drive for. But it was an uphill battle. Uh, the education was key to that success. Uh, and, you know, we're on the map now, thankfully. But that was probably the biggest challenge we had, certainly. Based on what you're telling me, it seems like word of mouth has been uh, really powerful for, for the niche that you're in. And it sounds like it's only going up. Like, I don't see people suddenly leaving the Belgian beard, you know, fandom anytime soon. Yeah. So where do you see the industry going from here? Do you think based on those statistics from earlier, there's going to be somewhat of a plateau? Or do you think it's going to keep growing as more and more people relocate to Denver? Yeah, I think I think the market's swinging our way finally. Um, you know, when we started, IPAs were king and they were on the upswing, and then uh, you know hazy IPAs came in after that, and all the market research was pointing towards you got to be on this ship. You know, you gotta you gotta have more hops than you know what to do with, and you gotta you gotta go nuts with them. And we stuck to our guns and we did the opposite of that. Uh, now people are the the taste in beer is starting to go, to go back to the grassroots. People again want a beer, not a not a pastry stout beer or a Lucky Charms cereal beer or or any of that, right? Um, so I think just getting back to the basics is naturally swinging that pendulum back onto our side of the arena, and that's the arena we've been playing in in the whole time. So we're ready, we're prepared, we're enjoying this upswing. Uh, people said it would never happen, but uh, you know I think people are just. Uh, th- th- the, the beer drinker is now smarter and more educated. They may not know why they didn't like this particular beer and why they liked that one, but they know that they don't like this and they like that. And so getting, getting those people in your door and they realize what quality is, it's a natural process from there. We're not fighting it anymore, which is nice. So for anyone listening who maybe isn't as familiar with some of the lingo and qualities around craft beers, in layman's terms, what would be your pitch for a Belgian beer over an IPA or, or any other kinds of beers? Yeah, I, th- I think the key with Belgian beer is balance, right? So an IPA by by default is is essentially a, a bit out of balance. It's over hopped or over bitter. Uh, Belgian beers strive to to really have a quality level. You know, they're considered more top shelf. Uh, they're made, they take a little bit more time to make. Uh, so there's some passion involved in there. Uh, but really, it's it's that quality issue and and not being so hoppy, so over hopped, which, you know, you go into breweries now and there's, you know, eight out of 10 tap, taps can be IPAs. And, and, you know, not everyone wants to go there, especially now. Um, so I think it's 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 the smoothness and the quality characteristics that uh, that give you this standard that doesn't go away in Belgian beer. You know, it's it's not gimmicky. It's not going to change on you. You know, a, a Belgian triple should always be a, a good beer, no matter where in the world you are, right? If they're doing it right. So uh, you know, it, it's easy to get caught up in trends and gimmicks, uh, but then. You can't find them anywhere, right? They're, they're hard to repeat. And uh, Belgian beer's been made for hundreds and hundreds of years. Same recipes, same families, same locations over in Belgium. So these styles are proven. They're historical. And, and if done right, they're worth it. And so you can find these styles around the world. It's hard to find a pastry stout in other countries, right, if that's what you're into. So, um, yeah, I just think the history leads to that success as well. 
Well, I'm convinced. Yeah. <laughs> I got to try one of these myself. Um, I'd like to pivot and talk about Brews Beer's early stages. You said you were founded in 2013, but you sold your first beer in 2016. So at the beginning, you were still part of DU's MBA program. I want to hear a bit about how that program impacted the start of the business, what value you might have derived and then put into Brews Beers, and what that three-year period before you sold the first beer was like. What obstacles did you face? What lessons did you learn? And what advice from that experience would you give to new entrepreneurs who maybe have their business close to launch but aren't quite there yet in terms of making that first sale? Yeah, you know, I I landed in the DU EMBA program because I was looking for a little a little more fire in my career, uh, some more tools to to play with. Um, you know, I was an executive at a at a family security company that we own, and uh, and it was great experience. And I w- just had this passion to try to do something on my own, and so the EMBA program led me through that right and i was passionate and and came out of that program fired up to to get something started and so i looked at hundreds of different entrepreneurship options right um and this one kept floating to the top and so i started to pursue it and then i formed a a partnership with charlie who could really do the brewing side and taught me that side and then we we formed the company and you know three years of looking for a location and researching equipment I knew nothing about a brewery, right? I, I knew good Belgian beer, and I knew what I liked, but I didn't know how to brew it. I didn't know what, uh, you know, what the equipment looked like. I didn't know what the space needed to look like. So it was a ton of touring and talking to other brewery owners and and really kind of learning it from the ground up, learning the business from the ground up while creating a, a corporation and and uh, and getting it all settled and financing and pitching to banks. You know, the, the the hurdle always is, okay, you've got a great idea in your mind, but you've got to sell others on it because the money has to come from somewhere and you can't you can't shoulder all of it. So, um, you know, we pitched banks, we pitched friends and family, and uh, we eventually got this thing to work. But, you know, land at the time was hard. That's when the pot shops and pot warehouses were really coming on board. Uh, and they had a heck of a lot more money than the beer guys, right? So we, we kept getting outbid on properties in Rhino by pot guys. And, mm-hmm. and we finally said, look, we got to open up our, our search area. So we didn't end up in Rhino. We ended up in Northwest Denver. Um, but it was a very cool feel to it because it's surrounded by a neighborhood, which is very European, very Belgian to us, right? Mm-hmm. We're not in the back of a warehouse. Uh, we're not in a strip mall. We're, we're in a neighborhood. We're in a community. And in fact, we're the center of that community. And, and that to us is important. Um, so yeah, those hurdles, and then, of course, your first few years, cash flow, right? Cash flow is king. And you've made all your investments, and you're trying to hit your numbers, and, and you're trying to run a business that uh, can get tight at times. And so managing cash flow and expansion uh, without, you know, we didn't want to take on investors. Uh, we didn't want to answer to someone that probably doesn't understand what we're trying to do. Uh, we, we feel like we can make a, a better uh, decision on our brewery than the accountant can. <laughs> so so we we fought hard to to make sure that we did not go with the investor on, on the early stages, but sometimes that cash influx can get you to the next level. Uh, it just wasn't the right move for us at that stage. And, uh, and then sticking to our guns when people told us that you can't just do Belgian style. It, it's not enough. And uh, in fact, it's more than enough. So this is your first startup. And as a student in college, did you ever have big dreams of 
growing up and owning your own business, of being self-employed, or did that discovery come later on as part of the executive MBA program? Was it sort of catalyzed by your your newfound passion for Belgian beers? Yeah, I mean, I, I always knew I was going to have my own uh, business, if not multiple. That's just inside of me. It's, uh, you know, I think I, I get that from my family. Both my mom and my dad have started their own business, and, and it's highly successful, and I've learned through there. Uh, so I, I always knew I was going to have my own business, um, you know, so – I think that that passion was always there, which is nice. Uh, I think you've got to have that as an entrepreneur. You know, it, that's uh, that that fires what drives the means to the end, and uh, so that that was natural to me. But you know, I, I always had, you know, I, I did newspapers, I did car washes, I did lawn mowing when I was young. All my own businesses, technically, for cash to the to the neighbors, and kind of learned that whole process and going door to door and getting turned down and, you know, trying to buy an upgraded mower for next summer, you got to hit a certain point this summer. And so I've always kind of been on that path and I enjoy that, uh, which is, which is great. It makes it a little uh, natural for me to, to be on it. If you could go back in time five years, so it's 2018, you've got your one location open. Maybe you're starting to think about a second location. What advice would you give to that past self? Yeah, I think those early stages, you got to be you got to be ready to to have some sacrifice, right? The glory doesn't come out of the gate. It comes at the end. And uh and so, you know, being being willing to uh to go all in sometimes. Uh at the time when I first started, I tried to do two jobs at once, uh both the brewery and, and my other job and it 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 didn't make sense. You can't do both well. Uh, so there was a, s- a clear point where I said I gotta I gotta jump in full time into the brewery. It can't support me financially yet, but I'll I'll take that hit uh, and make it up in the long run. Uh, so I think knowing that it's gonna work, but I gotta I gotta guide it. I gotta grow it. I gotta uh, be present, and that's that's hard sometimes when you're you know, a young company and maybe you don't have the cash to, to pay yourself. Right. Um, but that sacrifice is worth it. Uh, I think what could, you know, if you jumped all in, maybe it takes you a year. Whereas if you don't, maybe it takes you four years. And in those three years difference that, that, that a lot can happen. Right. So, uh, I think just having that sacrifice and that mindset that it's going to be successful, I'm going to do what it takes. Uh, and, and sacrifice now is okay. Um, just to, to get to where you're wanting to go. Yeah, I think that's really powerful advice, especially for young people or students who are listening to this and just starting out. Recognizing, you know, an obstacle in the now is going to happen, and that's okay. You just you have to stay present, and you have to work through it. You can't get too much in your head. And it'll make you better, right? All of those hurdles when you're young and the company is young and you don't have anything, uh, you figure it out. You scrap, right? And And you dig deep, and you stay up late, and you lose some sleep over it but you figure it out and that makes you better and stronger in the long run and it'll make your business better it'll make you personally better uh, but you've got to you've got to go through those you know we said we're not going to pay ourselves for 3 years and that was not easy i mean i went from a really good corporate job to to not making any money and so yeah. I, I lived frugally but that made me push harder and it made me appreciate it it made me work more in the in the business which means I learned more of everything. I did the brewing, I did the 
the bartending. I did the cleanup, you know. If you're not unclogging the toilet at one point, then you, you probably didn't dig deep enough, right? So, but that all leads to, to knowing it. How can you hire people if you haven't done the job yourself, right? So me brewing and learning it so deeply the first two years allows me to have a much better perspective on who I'm going to hire for that position long term. And I wouldn't have been able to, to hire as good of a brewers as we have now had I not done the job myself. Um, so I'm appreciative of that. I, I liked those years. I, I still like those years. I'd go through it again in a heartbeat because I think that's what lends to success. And you learn a lot about yourself, which, you know, is, is important. Absolutely. Uh, so to round things out, I've got some rapid-fire questions for you. One to two sentence answers for each. First question is, how do you define success? You know, I think success is is watching other people succeed a lot of times as part of your organization. It's not just about me, and it's not just about my brand, but all the individuals that work for us, and they're able to live their dream, and it's part of yours as well. Uh I think that's that's success right there and and you know being able to continue that it's got to be sustainable so you know not a flash in the pan so if you can sustainably watch other people succeed in your organization i think you've you've succeeded yourself next question is what is the best or worst piece of advice you've ever gotten oh i think you know best would be Make sure you're in love with it. Make sure you're passionate about it, right? Uh, I think some of the worst advice I ever get is always advice that's so focused on the money side of things. Uh, if you make the right decisions, the, the money will be there if you, if you stay on that path and work hard enough. Um, some people make decisions just based on the dollar, and, and I think that takes you off a of course. And, and, and makes you lose focus sometimes. So, you know, just be wary of those that come in and are just pitching percentages and decimal points and dollar bills. Uh, their focus is literally that, and they're not going to be there when the times are tough and you're not hitting those goals. They're, they're the first ones to leave. So just be wary of those guys. Be, be aware, soak it in, but don't make your decisions based solely on that. And finally, and, and this one doesn't have to be rapid fire, uh, what's on the horizon at Brews Beers? Yeah, you know, more more Belgium trips, obviously, because we enjoy them, and that's kind of the spoiled part of the, the job. Um, expansion into another third location. We'd love to own the, the location and, and not lease it, uh, so some, some more real estate there. And so we're passionate about that, location three or four. Uh, we're continuing our, our expansion on the education side. Uh, so we rolled out sour beers late last year, and it's been a huge hit. So we've got another course that we're looking at rolling out this year. Um, and really just just connecting grassroots with, with our customer base. I mean, that's our passion. And uh, I personally have to get out of the office more and, and get up to the to the tasting room more because that's, that's our people, right? Those are... That, that I learn more spending 20 minutes in the tasting room talking to people than I can in a whole day in the office, right? So you've got to get that stuff done. You've got to get the computer work done and the tax filings and all that stuff. But but uh, making it a point to spend more time conversing with our customers, that's where the ideas come from. That's where the passion gets fueled. Uh, and, and so staying connected on that side, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, based on our conversation, it seems like that's where so much of your success has come from. So maintaining that as you continue to grow, I think that will be huge. So I'm very excited to see what's next. I'll definitely be, be keeping my eyes and ears out for any, any new locations that might pop up. Yeah, certainly. We need one by DU, right? Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> so 
where can people connect with you and with Brews Beers? Yeah, so you can uh, you can email me directly, Ryan. That's R Y A N at brewsbeers.com. Um, obviously, both locations. And if I know you're coming to a location, I'll rearrange my day to meet you and and buy you a beer. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a good resource for any of any of the students out there that are that are struggling or or want to bounce ideas off of or, or or hit a hurdle or just want to talk and 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 see what we do. That's fine. Uh, come up. Spend a day brewing with us if you want, or I'll meet you over a beer and, and talk about your idea. Um, that's that's what it's all about. It's it's this network at, at DU that is the value of of the the degree that you're going for. You know, you can get a business degree anywhere. I handpicked DU because I knew I would be surrounded by people that are going to be locally successful, and that's where my focus is is locally, and it's paid dividends. I'm still friends with all of all of my cohort class, and and they're doing great great business things in town, and I get to meet with these people and talk about their successes and learn from mine and theirs and you know that network that du creates is priceless so but you only get out of it what you put in right so you've got to reach out you've got to connect with other du uh people and if you do that you've got an endless resource here in town yeah i really think that's the beauty of being here in this moment in history there's there's just so many startups and innovations happening in denver especially in your industry yeah so while young people and students are here in denver i wholeheartedly second that Connect with the people here. Don't be afraid to reach out, and you will you will lift each other up. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Ryan. We are so excited to see where you go, and we wish you the best over at Brews Beers. Yeah, great job. Thank you so much, and uh, cheers, everyone. The Entrepreneurship at DU podcast was recorded in Marjorie Reed Hall on the University of Denver campus. You can find us on Instagram at DU Entrepreneur, on Twitter at DU underscore Entrepreneur, and on Facebook at Entrepreneurship at DU. Entrepreneurship at DU is part of the Daniels College of Business, which has its own podcast, by the way. Check out Voices of Experience, available wherever you get your podcasts.